I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Allison. And this is Kara. We are both back from our Europe extravaganzas. And today we are going to be unpacking our time specifically in the Netherlands, primarily focusing on the community cycling aspects and how different it is to our lives here in America. And I'm going to refrain from just like hating on America. Um, This is not an (laughs) anti-America episode. It's just the Dutch do a lot of really great things. And we all could take note. Yeah, I think that is essential to any travels is to going to other places and appreciating what they do well. I think that's completely normal and does not mean we hate where we live or where we're from, but you can definitely appreciate some of the the great qualities of the Netherlands and other places. So I'm excited to highlight what we both observed because I think it was both our second or more time. So we've had a few times to go and really get a feel for the Dutch lifestyle. Yes, this was actually my fifth time. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I just can't stop going back. It's like forever my travel dilemma if I should keep going back to places that I know I'm obsessed with and love or if Mm -hmm. I should try new places. And do you remember last fall when I went to Nashville and I was like, that's not my city? Yeah. So this fall, I was like, I'm taking no risks. I need to go where I know I enjoy. Yeah. Especially if it's a waste of money and you spend a bunch of money to go somewhere that you don't like. I think it's okay to have a handful or less places that you go more than once, like Mm -hmm. three or four places that you can 
constantly go back to. I feel like that's a good number. Yeah, I would agree. Do you know off the top of your head what yours are? I would definitely always go back to Spain and just bop around. Maybe Barcelona would be considered one, but I definitely have so many more places to go in Spain. I mean, me and Connor's family go to 30A in Rosemary Beach every single year. And like, I feel like that's one of the places that, because sometimes it's nice to know what you're going to get out of vacation. Like it's very consistent. It's like a nice beach trip. You know, there's going to be good restaurants. You know that it's not going to be too crazy or packed. So yeah, I would and say also, Spain. Maybe Costa Rica too. I would totally go back to Costa Rica like 20 times. Well, good thing you're going. In two I weeks. know. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. The countdown begins. We're so freaking excited. Any other, other than Amsterdam, any other that you would consider for you? Mm, Tulum. Yeah. Mexico City. I haven't been back to Croatia because it's like a bit of a journey to get there, but I would definitely <sighs> yeah. include that as someplace I could go a lot because it's also really affordable. Well, since you've been though, like I've heard that it's not, it's like regular prices now. Okay. You know what I was thinking though, when I was in the Netherlands, you know, the Netherlands is like more expensive for Europe compared to like Eastern Europe. Yeah. But with how bad inflation is right now, I felt like I saved money going there. Like it wow. felt so affordable. Like at the grocery store, I got this like pack of vegan falafel two peppers and hummus because I was like going to like meal prep two little dinner things. And mm -hmm. I had a five euro cash and I didn't spend it all. Oh, wow. That's insane. <laughs> right? Because at Natural Grocers, that would have been like 12 probably. That's insane. I know. And I was saying to the people there, I was like, dude, it's so cheap here, like the food particularly. And they were like, you think? We feel like it's so expensive. So it's really just like perspective, I guess, of like wherever you're from to wherever you're visiting. Now inflation's so bad. Like I literally leave this week on Thursday to go on a trip and I went to Aldi and I'm like, I'm just gonna get a few groceries just for myself and Connor just like hold me over till Thursday. And it was $112. Literally. Like, what? I know. <laughs> it's like you don't even buy anything and you're like trying to be mindful, but everything is like eight bucks, I swear. Yeah. Anyway, that's another contrast of <laughs> our lives here in America. Um, I know. Some positives. Okay. So how do we want to structure this? Because I feel like a big part of our catch up is just like dissecting the time in the Netherlands. But maybe you could go first because you were home this week and maybe just want to share what you've been up to. Yeah. I was going to say, if there's anything else you want to catch up with, for me, I had a nice weekend. Connor and his friends, his like little group of college friends all came into town to St. Louis and we did this little like influencer event on Friday night and it was for Untuck It, which is like the men's clothing store. They have really good shirts. Honestly, like 10 out of 10. Untuck It is doing amazing. But they wait, invited... Because yeah. it's the ones that you can just wear out. Right? Yeah, you don't It's you don't have to tuck it. You uh -huh. can just leave it untucked. Yeah. But what aesthetically is making them different? It's just like, it looks like Lululemon quality. It feels mm -hmm. like just like a nice quality shirt. I think a lot of people like to wear them for work or for nicer events. And they're just like more of a comfier style. Connor got like a really cute, so basically they had us come and they're like, if you want to bring your groomsmen, because it's for like the wedding content. Because I guess they found my like 2024 bride stuff. And they're like, if you want to come with your groom and the groomsmen, they can pick out a shirt like that they could wear for anything from a bachelor party to the wedding. So it's kind of funny because like it had nothing to do with the wedding really, but they just only invited us because of my bridal content. I don't know. But yeah, we, they all got to pick out a shirt, which they're really nice. They're like, they can range from like 70 to 100 
something dollars. So we all got shirt. Oh, I didn't get a shirt, but they all got shirts. And what was I going to go? Oh, yeah. Then we all went out to dinner and that was really fun. It was like just me and all the guys. And I'm like, I feel like I'm their mom taking them out to eat and like taking them shopping and like driving because I drove everyone too. I'm like, I'm literally such a mom right now. This is funny. But it was nice to spend time with Connor's friends, even though I literally already know them all and like had spent years with them at Mizzou or just like visiting them to their various places. It was really fun to like have just Kara and like all of them time. It was it's so funny. And I would like crack jokes and some of them were like so shocked at like my humor. I'm like, wait, this is funny. Yeah. Like you don't really get one-on-one time with all your boyfriend's fiance's friends and stuff. So no, it does kind of like make you feel cool. You're like, oh, they like me. (laughs) I get to be a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you were fiance of the weekend. You hooked the boys up with free shirts. Mm -hmm. You took them around. Yeah. Gave them the perks. And exactly. And then Saturday, Mizzou had a game in St. Louis, which is so random. That has not happened. I mean, they did it on purpose. They There's this big old NFL dome because I, I don't know if you guys all know the history, but the Rams used to play in St. Louis and they used to play at this big dome in downtown St. Louis. Then they left to be the LA Rams. And now there's just like this dome. It's like downtown that doesn't, it gets used for like random things. Like Beyonce just had a concert there. So, but St. Louis and Mizzou worked out this thing where they could play there this weekend. It was so cool. I'm like, wow, we're in an NFL stadium with Mizzou and we played, who did we play? Uh, Memphis, University of Memphis and we won. So that was really fun too. Wow. Mizzou's like having a moment right now. They are. They're 4-0. I think I'm the good luck charm because our third game, we were definitely not supposed to win. It was the one I talked about last week. We played Kansas State. Oh yeah. You're a K-State fan. I am a K-State fan. I will be going to a game here in the next month or two with my dad because he still has season tickets. So it's like our little dad-daughter date thing that we do every year that I've literally been doing with him since I was six. How did your dad feel about the Mizzou game? I actually haven't seen him. Okay, this (laughs) actually will probably tell you guys a lot about how much my parents accept that I'm just like spontaneous and crazy. After I'd been in Amsterdam for like five days or the Netherlands because I was kind of going around, I texted my dad and I was like, hey, by the way, I don't even think I told you, but I am in the Netherlands right now. And he was like, oh, I kind of got a feeling that you weren't somewhere because I think I saw something. And he was like, but all is good. Like, when are you coming back? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. But like, it just like was not out of the ordinary at mm-hmm. all for my family for that to be the case. So just to hop on a flight day. and be like, yeah, backtrack. Oh, yeah. By the way, no, that's that's hilarious. But no, long story short, we were not supposed to win that game. And K-State was definitely supposed to destroy us. But then we somehow won. And now we're on a winning streak and Mizzou's killing it. So yeah, final other thing. Brady and Morgan came in town for that too. So that was fun. Hung out with Brady. And me and Morgan went to a pumpkin patch, like did all the fall things, football, pumpkin patch, just embracing my Missouri St. Louis lifestyle. (laughs) I love it. It's what you got to (sighs) do. And I'm sure no one listening was confused. But while we're on topic, the peak of the week (laughs) listener named Allison that went to the Mizzou game. That was not me. Yeah. I have not been to a Mizzou game ever. I don't think. No, Allison told me, she's like, I was listening to the episode and it sounded like you read my peak of the week was going to the Mizzou game. I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, it was an Allison. I'm like, oh no, I should have said like Allison R because that was her last initial. So Allison R went to the Mizzou game last week. Not Allison W. Not me. Maybe someday. Allison W was in the Netherlands. So if you guys were confused. (laughs) Yeah, I did not just come back for one day, go to a football game and then go home and then just and not even tell Kara I was there. (laughs) 
That would have been iconic. That would have been like such a prank. <laughs> you little jokester. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That's my updates. Anything else with you? Before, oh other than gosh. the Netherlands, which we'll obviously dive into. Um, I would say like general vibe of my life right now and coming home. So I've been home for like, say Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like 48 to 72 hours probably. And I'm having like such a weird time because so much happened on that trip. Like mm. also when you're solo traveling, I feel like time goes really slow because like I'm just like so present. So I literally feel like I was like gone for a month, especially with all of the cool things that were happening. Like I don't think I've ever had so many opportunities in my life. Like I don't, I'm like overwhelmed by the abundance, but like transparently, I had to come home a little bit early because of a family emergency. So I like have this weird duality in my life right now where like I have so many opportunities, things are going so well and it's so cool. But then on the flip side, there's this really sad thing happening behind the scenes. And so I just like have such mixed emotions and like don't know how to feel because it's hard to be excited about these cool things and decide while also, you know, being present for like what's going on here. So yeah, um, I'm really glad that I went on the trip for a long time. Well, I did because it was really good time to like be gone and have fun. And now I can be back here and be here for my loved ones for a little bit. Um, oh my gosh. But the trip in general was just like so good. So to recap from what I told you guys, I left, I had a one-way flight, had no plans, just thought I'd let things unfold however they did. I didn't know if I'd stay in Amsterdam the whole time or if I'd go to another country or if I'd go to some smaller towns in the Netherlands. And I would say for the most of the time I was in Harlem, which is like one of my favorite, it's its own city, but it's only 15 minutes away from Amsterdam. Which is funny because like in Omaha, I feel like it it takes me like half an hour to get to my dad's house in the suburbs on the other side of town. But like Harlem is its own entity and it's just much calmer, more charming, less tourist. And I really like staying there. I've stayed there two other times as well because it's like more affordable. It's just easier to get around. And then when you like want to go into Amsterdam, it's there. And I don't know why I didn't mention that when we were talking about you guys doing that with Utrecht. Like I kind of forgot that I had just done that with Harlem. And I kept being like, I should go to Utrecht, but they don't have like as much accommodation there. Well, someday I will try. And I have been working on making like a revamped 2.0 version of my Netherlands PDF guide. There might be some of you listening that have had me email it to you before. It's like six pages of all these compiled things I've found over the years. So I've just been working on really elevating it. And this time I think I'm going to sell it because it is so good. I'm like, this cost me like $10,000 over the last decade to put this together. So I think I could charge $10 because it's really good. So I will link it in the show notes. I'll have it done by the time this goes live if anyone is going. Because I've had some people message me and be like, dude, your guide literally like made my entire experience. It made it so fun and easy. And I went to these places and we loved them. So yeah, figured out way more good spots this time too. Yeah. Because if you're only say in a city for like a couple nights and you have a horrible dinner, it's like a third of your dinners were bad. So yeah, that was a bummer. But I'm excited for this guide. And any, what else? Anything else you want to share? Um, I got to give a shout out to Faith and David. So maybe like three or four days into my trip, I went into this vintage shop. I'm actually wearing the pants I got right now. And as someone who has a secondhand vintage shop, when I'm traveling, I always like to go into other ones just to see how like their business model is done and to get a, you know, work inspiration, but also to shop for myself because 
when I go shopping at my own store, I feel like I'm just taking the inventory away, therefore cutting into my own paycheck potential. There, I was like, cool, I can just go shopping for me and just enjoy it. So I'm like at this uh, vintage shop over in Harlem, end up becoming friends with the owner. And we went to dinner that night and then she literally let me stay at her house for like four nights. So I really got the local experience, but she's actually from LA and was biking maybe nine years ago. And they just like met on the bike path and her husband is Dutch. So he was just living his regular life and they've been together ever since. And now she opened her shop there. And so fast forwarding, through all of our hangouts and time, I would say my peak of the week is she is a member at the Soho house and there's a location in Amsterdam. So Mm. we did go to this like after party for like two designers that had a collaboration. So it was my first Soho house experience and it was a very fun time and it was fun too. So yeah, not only was it a good time to go and network and see the Soho house, but it was also nice to like get really dressed up because I don't do that very often. Mm. So I had like a cute dress and I got these new Chloe boots and like actually did my makeup and it felt fun to like go be fancy girl's girl for a night because I'm usually like a tomboy. Yeah. Wait, that's fun. How was Soho House? Way more chill than I was expecting, honestly. Yeah. Were there celebs there? So I am not a celebrity person, so I probably wouldn't know even if they walked by. (laughs) (laughs) Literally true. Same. (laughs) Oh, my God. But I feel like I've heard Soho House experiences in the United States being like pretty posh. But I feel like the vibe of the Amsterdam house was like way more casual and low-key than I was expecting, which I feel like is a representation of the influencer celebrity culture in America versus Europe. Like I feel like in America, it's all about like showing off kind of and like being like really done up. And then in Europe, it's like effortlessly understated. I'm trying to be cool. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, and maybe the Soho house in Amsterdam serves more of like a business networking like that because that is part of the Soho houses. New York and Miami and stuff too, but they definitely do feed into the cloud celebrity (laughs) scene. So maybe the one in Amsterdam is more like genuine creatives, business people networking. Yeah, it felt that way because there were, yeah, I don't know, very normal people, it seemed like. Yeah. But the craziest thing I would say about it is that there's an app, you know, and like you can see who's in the room. So that felt like a little bit black mirror. Like if you see a hot person walk by or like, oh, that chick has a cool outfit. You can just like go into the app and be like, oh, that's who that is. And it will like have their social media links and everything. No way. I mean, that's definitely been a thought before in my head. Like, I wish I could just like scan and just see who that person was. Like when you see someone very interesting and yeah, that is so black mirror. You're kidding. What if that becomes a thing like in a lot of places? Like because everyone's phones have like location. So what if you're just like going into a cafe and it'll like just show you people around you. I hope it's <laughs> that point. Even though I'm like curious, I don't need everyone knowing. It would definitely so be hard to have privacy. If you knew like everywhere you went, people could just figure out who you are. Yeah. No, that sounds awful. <laughs> Because sometimes you're in a bad mood or sometimes you've been awake for 48 hours in an airport and you like look and act crazy. Like that's not the best representation of you. Oh, 100%. I fully embodied my airport theory on this trip. Like on the way there, I'm always a 10. Like I have just showered. I've got all of my regular home products on. I'm excited. I'm in a good airport fit. On the way back, one. Literally scum of the earth. Like all my clothes are... Get me home. (laughs) 
Like, this fucking sucks. I have to go home. I'm not excited. No. I feel like you could do an analysis, like, in an airport and look at people and be able to determine mm. if they were on their way somewhere or on their way home. That's that's so true. Like, with a very good accuracy, you could probably guess. Oh, yeah. The guy next to me on one of my flights home, I was telling him that, and he's like, yeah, I'm in my fucking pajama pants right now. He's like, I haven't left the house in pajama <laughs> pants in a decade. And he's like, but I'm, I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> I'm over this trip. I'm sick. I want to lay in my bed. I miss my dog. Like all the things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, so peak of the week was Soho House. Yeah. So definitely That's peak awesome. of the whole trip was just being there. I can't even say that necessarily like the Soho House was so much fun that that was like the highlight of the whole trip. But it was the first time I had gone. So I feel like for that, like I had been to Vondel Park. I'd been to most of the Mm -hmm. shops, the dinners. I also met um, Emma Marshall. If you guys happen to follow her on TikTok or Instagram, she was in Amsterdam at the same time. So we got to hang out and I stayed at her Airbnb for one night. So that was also a peak to connect with a social media friend of someone that we had followed each other for a few years. I would say both of us. That's awesome. Well, hopefully we can have her on because I know you mentioned maybe having her as a guest on the show. And I feel like that would be amazing. I know. Her and I wanted to record. And man, the the market for podcasting in Amsterdam must be high because they were charging 100 euros an hour for a studio. And me, Karen, Emma all decided that that was like a bit unnecessary. Because in Omaha, it's like 40. <sighs> yeah. Was it? I feel like it was even more than that. I don't know what you were looking. I just did like a Google search. The ones I saw were like 300 an hour. I got... One quote or three fifty was one that I saw. I'm like, this is not even New York prices. Like, what are they doing? I think that that's also to like produce and edit because I did get a, like a direct yeah. quote from one and was like, hey, if I just like need to literally record and like I will take the file, mm-hmm. we will edit it. Like, I don't need anything before I come. I don't need anything after I come. Just the file. And someone replied back and they said a hundred euros an hour okay. for an hour. Yeah, damn. But we decided to just be present and live our lives instead of... Yeah, it was a vacation. Like, even just take a break and be you. Yeah, Yeah. I will say, um, I probably worked, like, (laughs) I don't know, five to eight hours a day. But I am, like, more work productive when I'm traveling than when I'm at home. And I said it to Clay last night, and I was like, because... A lot of my work just requires creative inspiration and it doesn't hit the same when I'm unloading the dishwasher at home and peaches needs to be fed and there's someone on my roof and I have to do the laundry and I need to flip the Airbnb and I've got emails coming in versus when I'm sitting at a cafe in Amsterdam. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm very inspired right now and I can get more done in two hours than I can in like two days at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you're like, I have to make myself lunch. I have to make myself dinner. I have to go to the grocery (laughs) store. I have to meet people in person here. Like, oh, yeah. No, I totally feel the same way. And at the airport. I mean, as you know, like airport and on airplanes, I bought the Wi-Fi there and back. Like, you can just get Mm -hmm. so much done in those time chunks. You can. It's like eight hours of being unbothered. But yeah. And you're like, I'm sitting in this metal tube. I like, that's why I knocked out a big part of our podcast Bible was like on a a super long flight. I'm like, I have nothing else to do. And I'm just, I'm stuck here. So why not write up all my thoughts? Literally me with the Netherlands PDF guide. Because I'm like, I have to that's a great time to do that. Yeah, while everything's fresh. It's all fresh. (laughs) Yeah. That's so smart. So the moral of the story, if you guys are like 
listening and watching and wondering how like you see all of these influencers like always traveling and you're like, how are they possibly like getting all of their content posted and like keeping up on emails while traveling? I honestly feel like it's easier when you're traveling than when you're at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, less responsibility, mm-hmm. less stuff to do. Okay. Okay, nice. Listener peaks? I'm going to say oh, my Oh my God, peak. sorry. <laughs> you don't get one. No, it's okay. <laughs> Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm going to say my peak of the week is going to the pumpkin patch with Morgan. That was so fun. And I went and I got to post like promoting the pumpkin patch in exchange to go. So I got a free pumpkin for doing that. So me and Morgan both got to pick out our pumpkins and we got some like little ones too and some apple cider donuts. So it was so fun. Okay, walk me through the visual. What kind of pumpkin did you pick out? Because I feel like it says a lot about someone. Yes. Okay. So by the way, this is Eckert's pumpkin farm, Eckert's farm in St. Louis. And honestly, my thought process with picking the pumpkin was just like a nice sized orange one because I just wanted like a cute orange one on my front porch. And then Morgan picked out like a nice sized white one with bumps. I'm like, that's a great cute little combo, a white one and an orange one. But also we were so hot. And this is why people go to pumpkin patches in October and not September. It was just like really hot. It was like 85 and sunny, which is fine on a summer day. Like I love 85 and sunny, but when you're wearing like a cute fall outfit and like you get off the tractor and you have to like go find your pumpkin. I was like, okay, first one I see that looks good. We are just going to snag that one because I'm sweating and I'm parched. So you're nixing September pumpkin patch journeys in the future. I mean, anytime's a great time if you make it a great time. But like if you're going to wear like a a warm fall outfit, I would probably say October. But I won't be here in October. We're going to be gone. Oh, I'm going to be gone. But yeah, no, it was great. I love pumpkin patch. That was my first time going in St. Louis, but nothing compares to the Omaha pumpkin patch. So I will not lose my loyalty to Vala's. Vala's pumpkin patch and Omaha slays. Best in the country. Best in the world, probably. Honestly, I think you can give it that title. I will even say when I was at Soho House, I met these two guys. One was from Slovenia and one was from like Northern Italy. And that I was like, yeah, I'm from Omaha. And they were like, oh yeah, I know it. Like that's where Warren Buffett's from. They have Berkshire Hathaway. They're like, Omaha's like kind of on the up. And I was like, all right, <laughs> that just validated us a lot. Because wow. I feel like we're always typing up Omaha on the podcast and people probably do not give a fuck and they're like I'm never gonna go but it made me (laughs) feel good that these people that have nothing to do with Omaha like recognized its value that's crazy I definitely think that Omaha could be a fall destination if they could figure out how to market Valas to people Mm. in all over the country because it's literally Disney World for fall like it is that extravagant I'm not joking it's that big it is because Disneyland (laughs) I won't won't say Disney World. Disneyland. It's at least like worlds of fun in like Kansas City. Yeah, it just has, I mean, it's not, there's no roller coasters, I guess I should clarify, but it just has such novelty and it's like that, they do it that big. Yeah, and they've been doing it for decades and each year they like do a map and then they add more. So it's like a thing to continue going back to Vallis, even if you've been 20 times because every year, you know, like they're going to add stuff to it. 100%. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. Did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, enough about Omaha, <laughs> enough about me and Pumpkin Patches. We should read your guys' peaks. Okay, I have to read this one from Blair. She said, starting my own small business, it is a sustainable thrift shop resale business and inspired by you, Smiley Face. The handle is at mhk.thrifts if you guys want to go follow her. Good luck. Cute. Amazing. Wow. China said, spent a long weekend with my best friend and boyfriend in New York City. Hope you had the best time. And Jill said that she went to an autumn equinox retreat for women and they had yoga, sound bath, and art therapy there. It sounds like an amazing weekend. Wow. And I'll read Morgan's peak. Morgan said, coming to St. Louis, hanging out with Kara, and seeing Margo plus Mizzou won at the Mizzou game. Yay. Well, we, me and Morgan had the same peaks. So that's perfect. As always, send in your peaks on our Instagram page, Already Friends Podcast. We post an Instagram story every Monday. All right, getting into the topic, we are going to analyze the Dutch lifestyle and how it contrasts with America. Some of like the big key points are they're like urban planning and design, transportation, social stuff, and like their overall emphasis on sustainability and health and wellness. I definitely, even if I didn't know all of this stuff, when you go there, it's so clear how different their society is at large compared to the United States. And like I said at the beginning, I'm not just going to try to hate on the United States and a few disclaimers I want to make as to why I think the Netherlands has been able to be so successful is one, they're like a much smaller country than the United States. And two, they're much, much older. They've been a country for like 447 years, I think, give or take a couple. And the United States has only been a country for like 240 some years. So they've had 200 extra years on America to figure their shit out, I guess, because we are a long way from, I think, where we all could be in America in terms of those buckets that I just said. Yeah. And I think a lot of our cities, sadly, for the walkability part, were just designed around cars. So and now it's like we're kind of backtracking on how we can make these spaces more community accessible 
And but also at the same time, like not everyone has the interest of making things more walkable. So it's like as people, we have to find the spaces that have those elements or that have city planners, urban planners that are trying to make things more accessible by foot, by car, like you're saying, those other cities in the US. So it's kind of hard for us too. And at least for me, it wasn't even something that I was made aware of that I was missing as much until seeing some TikToks about it and like having these experiences or even just comparing my life in a college town where I walked everywhere, literally didn't have a car to my life now where I have a car and am more reliant on it versus when I lived in New York City. So I think it's all very interesting. And I'm definitely very pro living somewhere walkable. Yeah, I'm actually so glad that you just brought up the New York City example because I feel like the way that most Americans perceive New York City is like, the way that we kind of like perceive Europe, you know, and people are like, oh my gosh, New York, the city of dreams. Like there's just so much happening. You can walk everywhere. There's like little coffee shops, bars, and restaurants, like on every street, they have the like little bodegas and you can just hop on the subway and we can see how successful New York city has been able to be by implementing some of that like city planning structure of being so compact where you can just like ride the subway over to your friend's house to a meeting. You can walk around the corner and eat at a restaurant, things that are not as possible in some of the more sprawled out cities throughout America. Like, as you said, there's it's not that there's not places in America that don't have the tight knit community walkability factor, but at large, it's definitely not as common. And I agree, like looking back at college, it's so fun to just, they're like college campuses or like little mini cities. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, did you walk? How is Lincoln, University of Nebraska? How is that? Like, did you walk? everywhere? Yeah. Or was it more of a mix? Okay. And I had a bike. Okay, nice. I did have my car, but I had to park it like in this lot, like a good bit off campus. So it was like more inconvenient to like walk to get my car and then go somewhere. So I really only took my car if I had to like go across town or something. Right. Okay, so I feel like we need to acknowledge the social part of the Netherlands because even when coming back and like talking to some of my in-laws that are older, it's like, oh, you were in Amsterdam for two weeks. Like I feel like the the red light district and the marijuana and mushroom thing is like what so many people think about the Netherlands. And yes, that is an aspect of why a lot of people have gone there. However, there is so much more to the Netherlands than like, going to the red light district and getting high. Uh, but I, I do feel like that does go to show how open-minded the country is as a whole, that they like even have something like that. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get to a point where like mushrooms are legal in the US too. Cause I know people were like, yeah, you could literally go up to a cop in the Netherlands and like show him your weed and like show him their mushrooms. And they would just laugh. They would be like, okay, go away. <laughs> okay. So I have to ask when you guys were there, did you go to the red light district? We went just because they wanted to see it. And I'm like, guys, this is so lame. Like, this is like the worst part like of the city. And then it just gives you icky vibes. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's like the dirtiest part of the city. Like, it's literally the Times Square of Amsterdam. Okay. Yes. I will agree that it's like busy. And, but I don't think that it's not the women of the red light district. And that's the, I know this is not what you were saying that make it 
get icky. It's the men prowling in at them in the windows, like that are on the street that you have to interact with. But like, I totally am on board for legalized prostitution because otherwise it's going to happen in a much scarier way. And they're actually trying to like relocate the red light district in Amsterdam. Like it's like oh. on the ground. Um, I only know this after talking to locals because the government doesn't like, I guess it's not like our type of government, but like the political leaders don't like that the Netherlands is like so known for just like the red light district. So they're actually trying to move them. But, and so there's like some smaller groups that are like fighting against that to keep them there because then if they relocate them, then it's going to go back to like having the pimps and them, you know, being in really oh my God. unsafe situations. Because right now, at least it's like monitored. Yeah, no, it's icky because all the food is disgusting over there. It's like <laughs> dollar, one euro slice of pizza, like everything's open to like 4 a.m. I'm like, ew. And like all the reviews for anything over there is like three star or less. Like there's literally trash everywhere. It's just, it's literally Times Square. That's how I think of it. And yeah, no, nothing. I mean, I love that for them. Like on the... Not to each their own with the prostitution point. I'm with you. Yeah. But. And they're even like implementing some policies, like because so many apparently like young UK boys were like coming down to have like a day in the red light district. So I think most hotels and hostels have a two night stay now because it's not even like that all of this was getting abused by the citizens. It's literally tourists coming and being so disrespectful to how you said like littering and just like being rude and to being drunk yeah. idiots. Yes. And that is also why I wanted to have this conversation because if someone visits the Netherlands and literally goes to Amsterdam and goes to the red light district, like that is not a good representation of how much this country has to offer as a whole. Like there is so many cool, amazing things that they're doing <laughs> and that have nothing to do with all of that. Yeah. And the red light district is like two blocks of, or like what? Maybe it's like four blocks. It's not even that large. Like it's a very small portion of the entire city. Yeah. Yes. And it gets, I feel like, 98% of the attention globally. Yeah, no, I think it's hard to think about what I thought about the Netherlands before I went because now I'm like, oh my God, it's so amazing. It's so fun and pretty. But yeah, I think I definitely did just think of Red Light District weed. Like that's all I had known So now when you saying like, it's so amazing, it's so fun. Like when you're picturing your time in the Netherlands when you and your siblings just went, what memories and visuals are coming to mind? <laughs> Oh my gosh, just like the cutest Dutch buildings and houses. And anywhere you walk, there's people enjoying themselves, like sitting on a patio, sitting, having brunch or breakfast with people. Everything's clean and sunny and like just the nicest weather. People are very welcoming. Um, there's good hospitality. And again, it's just like all walkable. You can walk anywhere and you just walk around and there's these beautiful canals with trees lining the, the river and you can just see all these people on these boats going by and just in awe of all the buildings and how pretty it is. So it's very picturesque, very quaint. And yeah, that's what I think of. It, I mean, it truly is like if you ever went to Disney World and went on the It's a Small World ride and like saw the Dutch portion of that, like it feels like that in real life. Like it feels like a, you're in a storybook and everything's just magical. Definitely agree about the fairy tale vibes because the roads are like mostly like cobblestone brick and it mm -hmm. just feels so different than like concrete America. Like it is so far from being yeah. a concrete jungle. And 
I feel like where a lot of cities go wrong is that it's like city life and nature is this like outside thing. It's like you have to go to a park. You have to go to some trail to like get any like fucking sense of nature. And with the canals and the trees being so integrated through the entire city, cities in the Netherlands, I feel like it's this amazing dynamic of you're in a city, but you're surrounded by nature at the same time. And I 100% agree. Yeah, that just, it that feels very, grounding to me. And I was also just amazed by how efficient everything is. It's like you have the bike lane, you have the car lane, you have sidewalk for walking. And it just seems like people get from point A to point B in such an efficient manner. And like, there's so many people going every which direction, but it's organized. Like there's a method to the madness. And they also have some roads in the city centers of the cities in the Netherlands where cars aren't allowed either at all or at certain times. So they have these posts mm-hmm. that like rise up to block off the car streets so that they might be open, say, for like some point of time in the morning that the trucks can get in to do the deliveries. And then they leave, people wake up, the city starts to thrive and the, the posts go up. So then those roads can be used for farmers markets, people walking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I like how safe it feels to walk everywhere because even in New York or some other cities, you are always in fear of getting hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's all very interesting. With all that, did you want to share, like, did you partake in anything that you want to talk about or anything or no? Hmm. So I went with originally, Jesse, my friend, flew with me. So she hadn't been to the red light district. So her and I went over there. And then when I met up with Emma, she hadn't been. So we did go down. And I do feel like if you go to Amsterdam, like you do got to pop by. It's just kind of one of those things. It's like if you go to New York, you do mm-hmm. have to go to Times Square. You might not love it, but it's like you got to check the box kind of, you know? Oh, absolutely. Which is, I'm sure, like exactly how you guys felt. I definitely yeah. got a couple joints. I actually didn't do mushrooms. Which is funny because you guys know I microdose a fair bit here in my regular life in Omaha. And so I didn't take any of my mushrooms that I have at home over there, of course, because the airplane, you know, and I was like, well, I can just get them there. But then I was living on such a high of life and so inspired and all these cool things were happening that I like didn't need to microdose, I guess. And I, I feel like here it helps put like a little extra creative pep in my step and reduces my anxiety, but I didn't have that there. So I actually didn't, but I was planning on it. <laughs> Well, that's funny. Are there any of these things that you feel like the Dutch does really well that you wanted to highlight? Okay, this is like super niche, but if you guys visit... When you get on either like the train or the bus, you can literally just take your iPhone and Apple Pay to get on the transportation. Mm -hmm. And then it calculates how how far you go based off of like when you scan out. And as someone who doesn't have a car here in Omaha and has to like get an old school bus pass, and then you have to like load your bus pass. And it just feels so old school and clunky. And now, and it's like, then if you lose your bus pass and you have to buy another one, like the other day before the trip, I had it in a different wallet. So I had to buy another pass. And there, it's just like you never had to go wait in line at some kiosk to get a bus ticket or figure like, you know, to tell the person at the kiosk, like where you're going beforehand. You just see your bus come up, you iPhone, Apple Pay, scan in, scan out. And it makes it so easy, so efficient. And then also, if you're not going that far, then you don't have to pay like the rate for the whole journey if you're not going to go the whole way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so nice. We took the subway a couple times and that was superior, especially because they do tap and go on New York, like all the public transport in Chicago. They have tap and go too. But it is nice that like it calculates exactly. I mean, I guess in New York, it's just like the fare. But no, I like how the Netherlands does that, like how you tap out and you know you're, you're getting charged that fair amount. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a cool technological advancement. And even if like... That would be like... Yeah, sorry, because to compare, that would be like in New York, if you were going into the subway station, but you could also take the train upstate or you could also take the train to Philadelphia. You wouldn't have to go up to the ticket teller because still now in the US, if you were going to ride the Amtrak train, you would have to go and buy a physical ticket, but you could just tap in mm-hmm. in what Penn Station and then tap out in the station wherever you get to. So it's not just like the fare, the local subway, because we would do it going from Utrecht into the city. Yeah, too. yeah, like their their inner city train. And yeah, buses, yeah. the big trains, the small trains, and it saves you waiting in line. Because I remember when I was in Tulum last fall, I was trying to take the bus from Tulum back to Cancun. And the line to get the freaking bus ticket was like 50 people long. And, you know, people told me like, make sure you get to the bus station early so you have time to get your bus ticket and I almost I was like counting down the minutes like I could I was like oh my god the bus is gonna leave like I need to start asking people in line if I can cut them it just like adds so much stress and you're waiting and it's inefficient when you can just be on and off yeah so hopefully no that's really nice hopefully more cities start to adopt that because you know time is money and usually in America the people taking public transportation are not the people with millions of dollars so they they probably either have like kids that are at daycare or they're like trying to be efficient. You don't have time to be like waiting in line for a bus ticket. No, that's messed up. Omaha should definitely have tap and go. That's insane. <laughs> Maybe they'll they'll get on it soon. Okay, with all of that being said, we really wanted to hone in on the takeaways and what we can learn and implement from the Dutch and like actually apply to our regular lives. And another thing that stood out to me was how fashionable the Dutch are, but in this very functional way. And I feel like it's easy in America to be like really dressed up or like really, really relaxed in like sweatpants. And I love that sense, you know, how the way that the communities are set up, it's like you leave the house and you're riding your bike or walking and then you're going to work, then you're going to happy hour, stopping at a coffee shop, meeting up with friends and that same outfit like has to work for everything, Mm -hmm. which is why part of why I feel like you see Europeans making the capsule closets because everything needs to be so versatile. And I just love how much intention goes into what pieces they buy in their world wardrobe. And I do feel like on social media now all around the world, you see way more of like the capsule closet, like buying investment pieces. And I think as such a consumer culture that we have, the more intentional we can be about picking clothes, shoes, accessories that are like made to last and very versatile is like a good consumer choice. Yeah. And that's even where you see the style of wearing tennis shoes or sneakers with the blazers and the the trousers. So that whole trend literally comes from the Dutch and wearing sneakers because they're wearing a business casual outfit, but they have to bike to work and it looks good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we pull inspo from that. Absolutely. Yeah. That like 
effortless, chic, like I'm dressed up, but I'm also pretty like relaxed at the same time. Ready for a walk. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, I've got to make this outfit work for everything. And it also does rain a lot in the Netherlands and that whole Scandinavia area. And so I feel like their hair and makeup also play into that. Usually you see like their hair is just either kind of down or like in a claw clip. It's not usually like curled or flat ironed because it's going to get messed up in the rain and they're not going to wear mascara because it's rain. So it's just like a very minimalist makeup and hair look. And I think Mm -hmm. that plays into it too. So it's cool how literally the transportation and the weather have had such a huge impact on their style. And now outsiders are like taking inspo from that and like wanting to mimic some of those looks, but maybe don't even like recognize like why those trends or styles became a thing in the first place. Not that you have to, it's just interesting. Yeah. What would you say you learned from observing your friends that you met working at their store about work-life balance. Like what can we all take away from the Dutch work culture? Oh my God, immediately. So Faith had opened her shop like only a couple months ago and her shop closes at five. And she was like, oh, I am home by six every night, no matter what. She's like, I am not gonna be cutting into like my own personal life. Like I have very good work-life boundaries. And since I was staying at her house, I was there over dinner, like when she would come home and literally on the minute, every single night, like 5.59, 6, 6.01, she was home. And I think back to when I first opened New Wave, like I would literally work until midnight, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., making sure that like everything was perfect. And like, I just thought that that was normal. Like, oh, when you open a business, like you just give away all of your free time and your personal life, you're just supposed to do this. And I love there that they're like, no, we're closed and I'm going home. Yeah. Do you feel like anything that you've been learning from that one book you posted about, about work-life balance? Like, do you feel like you saw any of those practices in real life? Um, Yes, I was reading Chill, a hashtag chill, how to turn off your job and turn on your life. And... Yeah, I would say like the fact that I even have to like read a book here in America because that's not what I'm doing. I feel like the Dutch probably don't have to read a book that tells them to stop working. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That's insane. How about you? I want to hear your thoughts. No, I think my biggest takeaway is definitely what I miss most from living in New York City too, is just like having people so close by always, whether they're walkable or just a short subway ride away, or just having those communities in your little neighborhood or people that you would always see in your walking commute or just going around. So I feel like for me, even more of an emphasis of just finding that community in St. Louis and like cultivating my people and just finding ways to interact with people because like I work from home. So for me, it's like, okay, maybe I should drop into a co-working space once a month or every other week, like find things like that just because you just see it. It's just so nice to see everyone. I like, it's actually ties into my human design and I seriously loved getting my human design chart read. That's episode maybe like 136 with Rebecca. I'll link it. But I learned so much from my reading. And one of the things is that the environment that I thrive in is marketplaces or just places where there's a lot of exchange of ideas. So cities and places like Amsterdam, places like New York, like that's what my personality thrives on and needs. So yeah, for me, it's just like finding those places in St. Louis where things are a little more spread out, but they definitely exist. And yeah. And you're also doing a great job of cultivating your own groups, like those girls nights you've been doing, like you've been making it so the people you know can all come together to have those marketplaces. Yeah, that's definitely 
been my priority this year and I definitely am hitting those goals. So that's good. And I also feel like all of this does tie into our third place episode. And I was going to make this like an entirely different episode topic, but I feel like this ties in here is how important micro interactions are in our lives. Like not always can we just like go and hang out with a friend every day or a significant other or roommates, but throughout throughout your day from work to your errands, we have so many micro interactions with people. And how can we like make those small exchanges of dialogue and energy like really impactful? And I even have mentioned it a couple of times in the past probably six months of like knowing my bank teller's name and we like chit chat and like catch up Mm -hmm. with each other and like knowing the baristas at the coffee shop. Like when the next morning I got home pretty late. So like the next morning I went to my coffee shop across the street and they were like, you're back. Like the three baristas that were working, like we all follow each other. They're all like in their 20s, 30s. And they were like, how was the trip? Oh my gosh. Like, when did you get back? Like, and they're like, "Uh, of course you had to come here first. And I was like, no, literally like just woke up, immediately came here, still in my pajamas. And like that just like made me feel so welcomed home that the people in my community were like, oh, you know, we haven't seen you in two weeks and you usually come in and how was your time? We miss you. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt good. And that just takes a little effort, like you coordinating your friends or finding that co-working space or getting to know the banker, the baristas, like it does take a concerted effort, but it is possible. Yeah, I 100% agree. And it's the places like Amsterdam and these other places where those may come more naturally, but it's a very essential role to our lives. And if you live somewhere further out, how can you find those spaces and incorporate those elements into your day-to-day lifestyle? Absolutely. Okay, wait, one final thought, and then I think we can wrap up. This is like a general travel tip that I realized I had never done, I don't think, until this trip. I went to workout classes while I was on this trip. And it was like Mm -hmm. such a grounding way to feel like I was like living my normal daily life and Mm -hmm. to meet people in a way that like I wasn't expecting to meet. Like there was this woman, she was probably like in her 50s or 60s that was like at this yoga studio. And I was like, you were the coolest woman. And we just like sat in the lobby and like talked for an hour. And I would not have come across her like on the street. So Mm-hmm. Just my nudge to anyone who has an upcoming trip, like consider doing like a drop-in workout class. Like Clay and his brother, when they went on a trip recently, they went to this CrossFit facility and they did a drop-in and there was two other guys working out and their names were also Cole and Clay. And that is Clay and his brother's name. And they what? both were like looking at each other and they're like, wait, 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 how is this happening right now? What in the world? That's so funny. But yeah, I just feel like that's a fun way. And it, you know, it's only like an hour or two of your day. And usually if you're in a new city, like almost every studio or gym has either like a first free drop-in or like a very discounted first drop-in rate. So it's like such a cheap thing to do. Not cheap. A, what did we decide? An affordable, Affordable? budget-friendly. We're not saying cheap anymore because it diminishes the experience. Oh, (laughs) Remember how we talked about that? (laughs) Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was affordable. Yeah. It's a great way to get outside of the tourists and you're truly just putting yourself with the locals. It flashes me back to me in Hania's cycling class in Mexico where he's like, now we're all going to count backwards from 30 in Spanish. I'm like, sir. <laughs> I was like literally violently ill. Oh. But it was so funny. And we talked to him afterwards and he was so great and he wanted to hang out with us. And we're like, that's okay. <laughs> but it was a great time. And it makes a funny story. Yeah. And if you take out the fact that you were not feeling well prior to going to the workout class, that could have been <laughs> yes. a really nice experience. 
<laughs> no, it, it was so great. I love that tip. I think that's a great tip. I'm always down for workout class, no matter where it is. Okay. And then one other big takeaway that I feel like is something Americans could learn from the Europeans is privacy. Like in America, I feel like we're all like really private, you know, like we lock our doors and we close the blinds and we have our privacy fences and we like get into our car and then we go park and then we like beeline it inside and we wear our headphones. And something I noticed in the Netherlands this time and previous times is like with people being so close together, you just like, you don't really have that privacy and maybe Mm -hmm. it would be an adjustment for someone going from here to there. If you move there to be like, I just kind of need some privacy sometimes because I do relate like sometimes with the shop and the Airbnb, I'm like, I don't have a lot of privacy, but I'm realizing I'm like, what I have nothing to hide. Like, what am I trying to like private myself off from? Because if Mm -hmm. I need alone time, I can also just go get alone time. But is it that I want alone time or that I want privacy? Because when you're walking around in the Netherlands, like you can street see into people's ground floor homes right there. They're just making dinner, playing with their baby on the floor. You can see what they're watching, eating, cooking. And they're just like, they don't even notice. Like it's just normal for them. They're just living their life. And yeah, I feel like we're all hyper paranoid. We're like, we've gone a little too far in the psycho parent. I mean, obviously online privacy, I'm not even talking that. That's definitely a concern. But yeah, you're right. Like just walking around and like, yeah, they all have their blinds open and stuff. That is interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like in the United States at at night, people close their blinds because they're like, what I want someone to like see in. I mean, I definitely do that. That's yeah. Because I'm like, this is weird. Right, right. Like I feel like that's the normal thought process. But it's like maybe because we feel like we have to keep security. Like we're trying to, I don't know. This would have been a great episode to have Julie on and we just like ask him what we think. And if he's like, yeah, that checks out. Or like, what? (laughs) Because I would be curious to ask him about that and be like, what are your thoughts on this? I wonder if it goes back to there being more of a middle class and a less um, gap between the rich and the poor. Because maybe people like with crime, people think like, oh, if I leave my blinds open, I'm subject to like an intruder or someone coming in and stealing things or kidnapping me or whatever. Because we do have a lot of homeless problems in the United States, you know? And if that's definitely why I close my blinds. I'm like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm home alone at night. Like they'll come rob me. Yeah. And like, I really did have that homeless guy come into my house and steal and, my phone last year. And rob <laughs> yeah. you. So yeah. It does happen. <laughs> so they're definitely valid concerns. But no, that is, that's really interesting observation. Yeah. And I don't know how we could safely incorporate less privacy in our lives. Maybe it's just being more open in safe spaces. Like if you go into a coffee shop or a co-working space or a workout facility and you feel safe being like, okay, I can let my guard down here. I can talk to someone. Yeah, It's okay. We're all human. Everyone's just curious. Yeah. But you're right. I think we need to have Julian on sometime. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say it's like a flaw, but when hanging out with some of the Dutch people, they were saying like their personality trait that maybe isn't as appreciated is that they're very, very direct. And we unpacked it. And we think it's because of the Dutch East Indies trading company way back, like for generations, they were having to trade and barter. And so they were just like very matter of fact, like this is the price or doing business. And I, we have no idea. I don't know what it comes from, but they're very direct and it can be, it, you can get taken aback a little bit because I feel like in America, people are very like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Like I always say, like, if someone doesn't have a cute baby, I'll just compliment its outfit or its eyes. I'll be like, oh, it's such pretty eyes or like, what a great smile or like a cute outfit. Like, I'm not going to be like, your baby's not 
not cute. Who would say that? That was the example we were talking about. And the Dutch people would be like, yeah, I just wouldn't lie like that. And I'm like, it's not lying. It's it's a white lie. Mm. <laughs> it's like fluffy. Yeah. So they wouldn't do no. that. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think that there were some other examples. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, it's not that you're being rude, but you are being very direct. I mean, it's definitely like American small talk. Like, that's what that reminds me of, you know, trying to make small talk. Like, oh, look at its cute little shoes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so true. That's interesting. Anyway, I think that's all. (laughs) Report back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have to fact check ourselves and have to report back. But no, I love this. Thanks for taking all these notes and writing all these points on like what you noticed as a big difference. I've had a lot of fun unpacking this. Thank you. Thanks for unpacking it with me. Um, sorry if you guys listened and this was not the funniest episode, but it's good to reflect, I think, on cultural differences sometimes. Because that is, like you said at the very beginning, like part of why we're traveling. Like if I just came on here and was like, yeah, all the restaurants were great. Like I don't really feel like I'm like giving you guys that much <laughs> of like what I yeah, actually experienced. Reflect yeah. And compare the cultures and take a world traveler takes a little bit of all their experiences and takes from every place they've been and it like molds them into the person they are. So I feel like Facts. that's what this is. Love it. Okay. Well, tune in next week and we're going to talk about how to pack for an extended trip. So if you listen to this whole thing and you were inspired to take a trip somewhere, come hang out with us next week and we'll share all of our tips. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Already Friends podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, wait, really quick before you go, if you want a chance to be the Artie Friends Listener of the Week, we have something for you. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for bonus entries, there's so many ways to support our show. Share about us on your Instagram story, engage with us over on TikTok, post on our Facebook group, join the Patreon page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to send that rating and review to our Instagram page, Artie Friends Podcast, and we pick a new Listener of the Week every Wednesday. We'll send you a $10 Visa gift card if you win, just as a way of saying thank you to buy you a coffee, buy you a sweet little treat, whatever you want. Thanks again, you guys. We appreciate you so, so much. And we'll catch you next week.